0: Dr. Kevorkian has arrived to perform an autopsy on you while you scream, I'm still alive! Yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Corey Easley. Uh, hello, America, and everywhere else in the motherfucking world. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Corey Has a Podcast. All this week, multiple times during the week, I cannot stop thinking about the concept of a two-person horsesuit. The two-person suit. Uh, How come it couldn't just be one person crawling around on all fours dressed up as one horse? How come it had to be two people dressed as one horse? What if you want to be your own horse? Right? Isn't that what we want? Don't we all want to be our own horse in some way or other? Why do I have to get into a costume with someone else? And if I'm lucky, I'm not the ass half of the costume, right? And then it comes to that part of the Halloween party or costume party. You know, I think it's a misconception that uh, you can only have costume parties on Halloween. I think you should be able to just throw a costume party whenever you want. Preferably when the weather is warm so you can really slut it up, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You could be a slutty Tinkerbell. There's a slutty version of every costume, and what do I mean by slutty? I mean, you know, the bikini version or the this guy's in uh, tidy whitey's version of the costume, right? It's like Santa Claus but with red underwear on. Um, yeah. Why is there a two person horse suit? Is it to is it team building? Is it for camaraderie? If you took a, a kid who didn't know his dad his whole life. And a way to make them bond was for them to walk around the city in a two-person horse suit. Do you think that would bring them closer together? Would someone have to hold in their farts while they're in that two-person horse suit out of politeness, or would they just let them rip out of closeness and love? Um, These are the these are the questions, right? Why aren't we having costume parties all year round? Why don't we have a costume closet? Because you live in New York City. There's only one closet in my apartment. And I got to put the essentials in there. And uh, unfortunately, costumes aren't it. You ever see people that you just think, uh, these people must have a lot of costumes. I heard someone say that one day. And I was like, yeah, that that is a thing. I'm sure that there are people with costumes. People Performers, right? I got a costume bag. Every time we did a Beverly show. uh, And shout out to the cast of Beverly. I fucking miss all you guys. Um, Every time we did a show I would take all my shit Fold it up and put it in a bag And bring it home and just leave it You know Do you clean all your uh, costume shit For the next show Some people do I think right But what if you're only doing like two or three shows You just keep wearing the same shit the whole time Until it smells horrible I used to know a guy And when I say used to know I mean like I don't know what happened. You know when you used to know somebody and you would see them all the time? You would see them all the fucking time on a daily basis. I used to work out with this dude back when I was in college. I was like 19. We were in there skipping leg day. You already know. And we were fucking hitting the bench press hard. And we were doing back. Just going in there and having back day. Today's back day. You know, and... Uh, we would squat like once a week and then go, ah, eh, fuck it. I walk around all the day, day on these legs. That's the kind of bullshit people tell themselves. Um, but anyway, that's how it was in the Bronx. If you lived in the Bronx, you didn't work out your legs. That was just how it was. You just wanted to put on a tight shirt and make it so everybody thought you had muscles. But the truth is, you were kind of like, uh, you know, you you would, uh, it's like hiding you know that closet in your house where you keep all the shit in it and you just stuff everything in there and you fucking need another person to come help you close that closet? You know, you hide stuff. You would hide stuff behind your baggy jeans. You would hide your skinny legs behind your baggy jeans and you'd put on a medium-sized shirt from Abercrombie and Fitch, who apparently has been stepping their game up lately and it's not just for college kids anymore. Um, yeah, you would. Uh, you just wouldn't train legs. So anyway, I knew this kid and he's a man now, and I knew him, and um, he would always wear the same shit to work out in, now that's a little bit dangerous, right, because it's hot, you're sweating in it, and you keep putting it in the same locker so it's not airing out, and um, it just started to fucking reek, it started to smell so bad that it was like hot, like you would smell it, like if it was in the room, you would know. Um, and I'll never forget that smell. That smell actually will make me gag. I'm not a person with a weak stomach, but smells get me. Like bad, a bad smell will fuck me up. You know. So that's why, like, wearing a mask has honestly kind of been a little bit of a blessing, because sometimes shit just smells bad. You know. And I love my city. I love New York so fucking much. Um, but some parts of the city. You know, like when you go to that area over by Madison Square Garden and there's a bunch of homeless people over there and it fucking smells horrible. Sometimes, you know, the city is grimy. The city is filthy. The city is cleaner than it used to be, I guess, at some point. But um, I don't know. Do we have a homeless problem? Is that a problem? And is it your problem? Sometimes you just see some crazy shit to the point where you get desensitized. I always talk about how desensitized I am to horror films. Like the things that used to terrify me to look at now are just kind of like, I can just look at them and I'm like, huh, oh shit. Like, you know, it's like people who, anything that you do too much of kind of just becomes normal, right? Like just, <laughs> excuse me, just being desensitized to shit. Like you watch a lot of porn, it, you know, takes you, a, you that's why people start getting into weird shit, right? Like, you know, I got to I got to smash my fucking balls under a stack of textbooks to get a boner now because I can't just look at a woman, take her clothes off and get attracted to that. Like there's shit like that. There's people that do weird shit, you know, there's people that uh, stick that stab themselves in the dick with an ice pick and all kinds of shit like that. I don't know. I'm just reaching. But, you know, people like to do different things. Too. And you watch a horror film, and you used to be terrified of the monster, and now that no longer happens. That no longer happens. Um, I think athletes should be allowed to do steroids. I do. You know, I think, why not? We've come to a place where anything goes. It's crazy. You can, like, show up anywhere, and everything is all-inclusive, but... The only thing that's not inclusive is hate speech. So you can't say anything fucked up about somebody. But you can do whatever you want, right? So why don't you take steroids so that way baseball can be fun again, right? I want to see people popping off crazy home runs like Mark McGuire. <laughs> that's what I want to see. Um, it is almost March. It's almost March this week. Um, I will be participating in this event called High Rocks. Um, with a bunch of people from work and it's going to be a good time. You know, they, they, they say it's a competition, right? They say, they say it is a race, you know, that's the one, one of the things they're saying about this thing. Um, people are, people get real crazy when you start introducing that competitive side to a thing, which I like, you know, I don't, I don't think, uh, there's any point in calling something a race if there can't be a winner, right? Somebody should win. I want to see win. I love winners. I love people who fucking did it better than somebody else because it makes the lights a fire under you. Like, oh yeah. And then you come back and you get good. We just help each other grow and get better with that competition. Um, I got into an interesting com- conversation yesterday about competition because I was just talking about hip hop and how much it, it has evolved. How much like I just remember when I was a kid, battle rap was just like one of my favorite fucking things to watch and to to like, you know, smack DVD and they would just have all these battles, like even 106 in Park with the Freestyle Friday and all that shit. And I just loved watching people not only demonstrate their skill and ability and their genius. But also use it to go, yo, and I'm better than this person that you put in front of me as my opponent. And it was, just like, just dope. Sometimes it would get out of hand, and motherfuckers would get personal, and fist fights would break out. But you know what? Hey, we're emotional beings. We're emotional. Sometimes we want to fight each other, and sometimes we want to fuck each other. You know? And there's no in between. We're either fighting or we're fucking. And that's it. Um. But, yeah, I miss that, you know, because... Hip-hop back in the day kind of reminded me of how wrestling was. Like, you know, every wrestler was their own character. And, you know, you had the macho man Randy said. I'm not going to do a fucking macho man the way I really want to do it. And because I I can't, right? Because if I could, I would show it off, right? Why would you have the skill to do something and not go, look how good I am at this? Well, I don't know um yeah you you had all these characters, right, so all the rappers kind of sounded unique and different like they would you would say like yo, if somebody sounded too much like somebody else, they would bite in that person's style, and it was not cool to do like that shit was lame, that shit was corny, you had to be your own unique rapper. And then I don't understand. And I, you know, maybe it's just, I'm just part of a different generation now. Like, I'm not going to sit here and talk shit and try to front on the motherfuckers now. Because, you know, clearly they're making money and the kids like the shit. It's just really difficult for me to get into coming from that era of, you know, even with like hip hop groups like D Block, Dipset. Fucking Wu-Tang, like, all these motherfuckers, and, like, even the, like, G-Unit, like, all these motherfuckers sounded, like, they had their own shit, the Rockefeller, like, Beanie Siegel, Jay-Z, Memphis Bleak, like, all these motherfuckers sounded different, they had their own style, they were, like, crews, it was, like, warriors, like, fucking the movie Warriors, not you know, and I love that. Because it was just kind of, you got all these guys that had to do whatever they had to do to survive, didn't necessarily have, you know, the same opportunities as like somebody from a privileged background. You know, they you got to do shit like sell drugs and you're from the hood and you got that hood mentality and the hood mentality is... <laughs> so easily perpetuated by being around other people and the adults that raise you didn't have shit so they put these ideas in your head that you got to do all this act you got to do all types of shit to get by and survive and these motherfuckers were like yo but i'm also like i'm a hustler i'm a drug dealer i'm a gangster but yo i'm also a dope lyricist And maybe they weren't necessarily a a hustler or a gangster themselves. Maybe they were just in that environment or rolling in those types of circles. But regardless of that, it's just dope that they were also able to just like demonstrate their intelligence. I think it takes real fucking like a higher level of intelligence to be able to put words together like that and that creativity. And I just love. I love hip hop. Because of that So um, And I listen to shit That people might think is boring Like You Like I'm listening to shit That's like If you put it on at a party Motherfuckers would be like Yeah you really gonna put this shit on I can't dance The bitches wanna leave You know But I just like that fucking rap I like to hear motherfuckers rapping Um, So when rappers come out too Like in the, more of like the modern era When you got guys like J. Cole, you got guys like Kendrick Lamar, you got guys like Logic, you know what I mean, who are just fucking, yo, you got these fucking um, Conway and all these guys, these motherfuckers are nice, and that's the shit I like, you know, and it really makes me think of, like, wrestling, it makes me think of Stone Cold Steve Austin was different than The Rock, and he was different than Triple H, and Shawn Michaels, and all these fucking guys, like... And shit was cool, man. Shit was cool. I just, I like that. I like being able to talk about how dope you are and how good you are. Rather than talking about how much lean you sip and shit. Like, and Instagram. And how many followers. Like, I don't care about that shit. You know what I mean? Like, just be dope at rapping. Be a dope rapper. But, you know, I digress. So back to this two-person horse suit. I'm very curious to know who invented... The two-person horse suit. And we're going to find out today. Who invented steroids? Whoa! Who invented the two-person horse? No one's Googled this before? I can't be the only person who's ever Googled this. Pantomime horse. Whoa, what the fuck? What is a two-person horse? Okay, pantomime horse. A pantomime horse. So the actual proper name for a two-person horseshoe is the pantomime horse. A pantomime horse is a theatrical representation of a horse or other quadruped by two actors in a single costume who cooperate and synchronize their own movements. Synchronize their movements. Wow. Okay, so this (laughs) this was made for a reason. This wasn't so two people could get inside, essentially, a sleeping bag together. All right. Okay, so basically the... Wow, this came out in the 1800s. Holy shit, the... What's a hobby horse? Oh, a hobby horse is another thing. Characters, whoa. This is pretty crazy. This is kind of weird. Two-person horse costume. And you know what? If you're looking for a two-person horse costume, you can get one on Amazon for seventeen ninety five, dollars And that's $1,795. But I'm sure you could find one cheaper somewhere else. But they got some good ones, man. Like, they got ones that look like a real horse. Like, you could just go stand outside of Central Park with your friend in a two-person horse suit, and each of you could just hang out in there, put your iPhone flashlights on, drink a cup of hot coffee, get a fucking electric stove, you know. If the horse suit gets on fire, it's cool. You could just rip it off. Or you could stop, drop, and roll, right? That's one of the, uh, you know, stop, drop, and roll was something I learned in school, and it was way more useful than sine, cosine, and tangent. Am I right? Right? They didn't fucking. That calculator had way too many buttons on it. Way too much for my liking. Um, God, man. Just one time in my life, I think I would like to be in a two-person horse suit. Who? The question of the week is: Who would you share a two-person horse suit with? who would you share it with you know i'd probably share one with my best friend frank because uh we would be bickering and fighting with each other the whole time but it would be hilarious for us miserable and hilarious at the same time that's the beauty of a best friend though right you can tell them to shut the fuck up you know what i mean like you can actually be a dick to your best friend And, um, maybe just, or my perception of having a best friend is maybe fucked up. Because you can be a dickhead to your best friend, but they know you love them. You know? It's kind of like how you can kind of be an asshole to whatever parent you have that relationship with. You can be an asshole to that parent, and they're still gonna love you. And, you know, your parents are, like, the first people that you learn how to manipulate. But they manipulate you, too. You get older, they still keep trying to treat you like you're a little kid. Sometimes. And you're like, yes, I'm wearing a scarf. It's cold outside. I know that. Um, but yeah, it's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Um, on a lighter note, there is no lighter note. On a lighter note, I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out this coffee thing. I think, I, I think I'm just, it's going to be one of those things that I'm never going to actually get. Right? I'm never going to actually get... The ratio perfectly on the coffee and the coffee maker at home. So I'm just going to live with whatever comes out of there every time I pour it. Every single time. Just going to have to live with it. Uh, that's about it, man. It's about it. It's about it for me. Um, Got a competition coming up. It's a friendly comp. It's a little bit of a race. Got to run. Got to do stuff. Cardio related shit. Got to push some sleds. Got to climb over walls. I don't think I gotta climb over walls unless I want to. I just want to make my life more difficult. Um, I'm climbing my own walls in life. Okay, we all climb a wall every single day. It's a metaphor. Think about it, guys. Have a great fucking day. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of the people you love. Do something good for yourself, right? People, I think, oftentimes confuse um actual self care with selfishness. And you don't it, it's unnecessary, right? Do something kind for you. Respectfully. Have a nice day, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Later.